Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Before we go any further, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stay up to date with all that's happening in the Tan and J-Man Show nation, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tan and J-Man Show. Hope you guys enjoy this episode, so stay tuned. We are back with another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. This episode is brought to you by The Dan Landing. They have pizza. They have burgers. They have tacos. Those are the only three food groups I know. Go to The Dan Landing. They have chicken. They also they have, have hand-breaded tenderloins, seafood, craft beer, and handcrafted cocktails. The Dam is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitoba that focuses on freshness and quality. The Dam Smoke is here every single weekend. It features barbecues and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitoba in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether it be boat or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Good opening, J-Man. How's it going tonight there, T-Dog? Going pretty good, except I'm still in a bad mood knowing that we should be kicking off the college football season this weekend. You're going to have to get over it. We should be talking about how Navy whooped Notre Dame over in Dublin last weekend. That was not going to happen. Um, Navy's best player is a Miami Dolphin was their best player last year anyway, Malcolm Perry. Navy is going to be on primetime on Monday night. Who they got? BYU at home. I'll be sure not to tune into that one. Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. Big crew. That would be kind of cool at Navy. Who's all playing on Saturday? There's not too many games. Uh, I looked at today a lot of low low games. Low division Small one. conference? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, your, your Canes are supposed to open up next Thursday. Oh, cannot wait. So, yeah, you, Opening. You, you, you knew that, yeah. They're competing uh, with the NFL, huh? I guess. Unless it's next Friday and I read it wrong. But either way, I think it was up in the air. Uh, or to be determined was the time, I should say. We have a game on CBS Sportsnet on Thursday. South Alabama at Southern Miss. There we go. Yeah, not a whole lot of great games. We have Eastern Kentucky, Marshall, SMU, Texas State, Arkansas State, Memphis. That's about it for Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that's televised. It's really not that much different than a normal early uh, Saturday on the schedule. So. Well, you ready for the birdie bogey? I'm always ready. All right. It's NBA related. That doesn't uh, bode well for the J-Man. Well, the NBA playoffs are still going on. Uh, semifinals are almost set all across the board. Jamal Murray has been lighting it up for the Denver Nuggets. They forced a game seven. Last night against the Utah Jazz. I hate all Denver teams. Go Jam- on. Jamal Murray has scored 142 points over his last three games. It's a lot. Only two players in NBA history have scored more points over a three-game span in the playoffs. Only two in NBA history. Who are they? It's a good question. And a bonus question that won't count for you or against you. I just want to know if you know it. Jamal Murray's the first player to score 40-plus points in three consecutive playoff games since who? I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm not going to tell uh, it till the end. That's well, also part of the – That's part of a, it. a bonus. It's just a, a bonus. bonus. Okay. It's, a, it's a mulligan question. All right. We'll see. Nope. 
Birdie Bogey brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC. Fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Insta, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. They're at the Kazi or the Warsaw Farmer's Market. I guess that would be the Kosciuszko County Farmer's Market, wouldn't it? Um, yes. On Saturday, they had all types of veggies, as well as Eden Elderberry Syrup. They will not have sweet corn, it looks like, until September 2nd at all locations, which is Wednesday. So, I had some Noble Gnome sweet corn over the weekend. Very good, good stuff, huh? Always. Get your veggies. You ready to learn some stuff? Yes, I always look forward to the On This Day segment. This one's not great. Well, that's um, a bummer. 1894, Billy Hamilton's great-great-grandfather, Billy Hamilton, steals seven bases. The guy's name is Billy Hamilton. And if he's stealing bases, he might be related. You might not be making that up. In 1909, A.J. Reach Company patents the cork-centered baseball. Never heard of that company. I think uh, runs started being scored after that because that was was in the heat of the dead ball era back Hmm. then. 1915, Chicago White Sox Jimmy Lavender. No hits. The New York Giants do nothing. Never heard of him either. 1918. So the White Sox had no hitter back then and last week. And last week. Lowell Lucas Gialito. 1918. Boston Red Sox wins the earliest AL pennant ever because the season ended on September 2nd. Yuck. They went from that season until 2004, not uh, winning the World Series, that is. They did win a few pennants in that They won uh, a couple titles since then. Span, yes. In 1934, the first ever NFL Chicago All-Star game was held. Uh, what do you think the final score was? 20-18. to 18. Chicago Bears, zero. All-Stars, zero. Oh, wow. That's 79,000 people in attendance to watch that barn burner, too. And I hope all 79,000 love defense. <laughs> 1935, Chicago White Sox, Vern Kennedy, old Vernie. No <laughs> hits, Cleveland Indians, five, nothing. A lot of no hitters for the White Sox, for the Southsiders. Yeah, they like throwing them right around this time. They always seem to have somebody like every other year. I know it's not every other year, but it seems like it. They have had quite a few. Phil Umber, Mark yep. Burley. Yep. Um, now that I put it. us on the spot, now I can't think. But it Lucas seems like, Gilleto. Yeah. 1950, Dodger Gil Hodges hits four home runs in a game versus John Garland never threw one, did he? No. Okay. He did not. I feel like he was closed one time or something. Maybe I'm just really mistaken there. Help me out there, White Sox fans. Let me know. Are there White Sox fans? In 1954, on this day, Cincinnati first baseman Ted Kluzewski hits two homers in a 9-3 loss versus the Phillies. He became the first red leg to ever hit 40 homers in a major league season. Ended up with 49. Interesting. I wonder if our, red, our friends who are Red fans would have known that little Reds history trivia there. One of them might have. The other one. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. I doubt I, any of them would have. Yeah, I don't think. That was a tough one. Let's see. We don't have a whole lot. 1972 American super swimmer Mark Spitz wraps up the Olympic butterfly double with a world record 54.27 in the 100 meter in Munich, having already won the 200 meter in world record time of two minutes. Probably the best American swimmer until Michael Phelps. Uh, He graduated from Indiana University. Yes. 1972 as well. American 4 by 200 meter freestyle relay relay team of John Kinsella, Fred Tyler, Steve Ginter, and Mark Spitz swam a then world record 7 minutes and 35 seconds to beat West Germany for the gold medal. 
Um, not a whole lot. 1981, Dirk Wellum scores 103 on Test Cricket debut. I don't know what that means. Me neither. But it happened on this day. 1987, <laughs> Curtis Strange sets golf's earnings for a year record. 697,000. I was going to say, was it even a million? Yeah. It was not. Now guys are winning that for finishing eighth. <laughs> Whoever wins this upcoming week to win the FedEx Cup wins 10 million. That's insane. Just to I, put it in I, perspective. Can you look it up how much, uh, like where 697,000 would have been in this past week's weekend's tournament? Sure. In 1990, baseball outfielders Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. become the first father and son to play on the same team, the Seattle Mariners. The pair hit back-to-back singles in the first inning and both scored. Yep. Well, John Rom banked in $1.7 million just for winning this past week. It, it looks like... So how much was it again? 697000 So in between second and third yep. would have won that this there year. There was two ties for third, weekend. and they both got 551000 in 1991, on this date, Houston quarterback David Klingler sets NCAA, then NCAA record with six touchdown pa- Oh, it's probably still the NCAA record. I didn't read the whole thing. Sets NCAA record six touchdown passes in the second quarter alone. Who was that that threw it? David Klingler. Houston beat Louisiana Tech 73-3. to uh, Mark Leishman finished last. He was 69th out of 69 players. Or there was more than 69 players, but he finished 69th. Uh, nineteen thousand one hundred ninety dollars. That's just for making a cut, essentially. Everybody made the cut this week since oh. it was a uh, playoff event with just seventy guys. Oh, okay. But now, so just for playing, they were guaranteed. Now at least it's cut down. 000. This week's only thirty guys. This week, it's pretty good. Yep. Nineteen ninety-seven. Don Mattingly's number twenty-three is retired by the Yankees. A guy whose number probably should not have been retired, like about. Half of them. Evanville, Indiana's finest. Yes. 1997, Eddie George runs for 216 yards and 35 carries and scores a touchdown as the Oilers playing their first NFL game in Tennessee. Who did they beat? First game in Tennessee? Yep. Um, let's go with the Colts. The Oakland Raiders. Oh, 24-21 in overtime. They're not a team anymore either. Who won the Vegas Tradition Vegas. Seniors Men's Golf Tournament in 2003? Oh, three seniors. Let's go with Tom Kite. <laughs> Same first name. Tom Watson. Tom Watson. Mm. And one more for you. On this day in 2017, the Detroit Tigers traded Justin Verlander to the Houston Astros for three guys that aren't anything. He really wanted to be a Cub, I remember, um, but Cubs Thought he was done because he just wasn't Everybody very good. Did, but and Astros wasn't took, the case. took a chance, and he's won a Cy Young since then. Yep. Good job, Theo. He did get your World Series. Yeah, but that was before that, so yeah, no true. excuse. Who's that sponsored by there, Tana Man? Yes, the On This Day segment, like it is every week, is sponsored by Proforma Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience promotional products, and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company. Give them a call today at 574-210-3815. Speaking of the Major League Baseball trade deadline, it happened today. I honestly didn't know it was today until I saw Twitter starting to go crazy. I thought it'd be very uneventful just with the pandemic and all that. Uh, and this turned into be one of the probably most active trade deadlines I can remember. Shows what you know. 
Or which the is lack, lack of what you very know. Very little. The San Diego Padres made five trades involving 22 players and two players to be named later. They traded for Mitch Moreland, who has a 1.177 OPS this year. They traded for catcher Jason Castro. They traded for reliever Trevor Rosenthal. They traded for another catcher, Austin Nola. And the big acquisition today was Cle- former, now former Cleveland Indian starting pitcher Mike Clevenger, who's one of the best pitchers probably in the American League. And the Indians' second-best starter, he was one of the players that was busted for um, going out. Mentioned that two weeks breaking ago. Breaking protocol. Was on, on the show here. Um, so I don't know if that would have caused a rift in the clubhouse because I don't remember his name really being bandied about as well, a trade Well, you got to think it probably did in the clubhouse. I mean. However, the guy that's taking his place in the rotation is Zach Plezak, who was the other one. Yeah. So I don't really know why they chose to trade Clevenger. They got quite a bit back for him. It was a nine-player deal. That's quite a bit in return. Especially during a pandemic like this, because no one knew how it'd really shake out. Um, but it worked. it's worked pretty well. I mean, uh, teams now, didn't shy ma- away. How many anyway. days till those guys can join the team? I mean, I'm sure right they'll have away. to go through testing and I'm, all that. But. I'm sure a lot of the guys that got traded will do the rapid tests, yeah. I imagine. Um, but a few other... Um, items of note, I have quite a few trades written down. I don't want to go through all of them. Uh, Got plenty of time. Starling Marte was acquired by the Marlins. The Marlins are buyers. Isn't that weird? They are buyers. I want to see where they're at in the playoff conversation. Um, they would. They are tied for the last team in with a bunch of teams that are better than them. But uh, they gave up. I think he was an all-star last year, Caleb Smith. He's a starting pitcher. He's going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, he's on the or injured Caleb. list. Wouldn't want to go there right now. Um, he was not. He's never been an all star. I don't know why I thought he was an all star. Sorry, uh, but anyway, that's a huge deal. Robbie Ray, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are sellers. They well, yeah. gave him up about everyone. Yeah. Robbie Ray was traded to the Blue Jays. Archie Bradley was traded to the Reds. He's their closer. Um, Reds are going for it. They're only a game and a half out of a playoff spot, and this is the year you go for it. Cubs could have put them away over the weekend. Uh, absolutely. Well, they could have put them away. Put them out of the division yeah, race. Yeah, and still, five games out with three teams ahead of them with them 27 days to play. Whatever. I don't even know how many games. Um, it's going to be a tough feat. But sure. uh, The Mets retraded for Todd Frazier. Yes. He's going back. That dude's washed, man. Couldn't even told you that he was on Texas. I didn't know where he was until <laughs> today, until I saw that. The Braves have about 10 starters on the injured list. They went out and traded for Tommy Malone, who made his Braves debut yesterday and gave up, I think, seven runs in an inning in the third or so. Buyer's remorse already. Uh, the White Sox acquired Jared Dyson, but that was a f- like a week ago. He's an outfielder. Um, their general manager just sa- said today that he they stood pat at the deadline because they didn't want to screw up the future, but... Guys were going for pennies on the dollar. They could have upgraded their team in many ways, and they just refused to do it. It was just a lazy excuse uh, from um, – so his name's Han. I forget what it's for. Scott Han? That's not Scott Han. Anyway, I don't need to know his first name. Um, that Oakland A's traded for Tommy LaStella and Mike Miner. They also had a positive COVID test over the weekend, had a game wiped out, but only one player tested positive, so they should be good to go here in a few days. Um, it's good we haven't seen a spread – since really the Cardinals, because the Mets had a guy test positive and it didn't spread at all, uh, just wiped out a series. So it's a good thing. Hopefully players are learning, and I'm sure the Cardinals thing really scared a lot of them because oh, they missed 18 games. Um, 
But that's about – I'm going to get to the Cubs' trades here in a little bit. They made four of them. Uh, the Rockies made a few trades for some reason. Yeah, they're trying to um, make the playoffs. Which makes no sense to me. I did see um, Nolan Arenado was mentioned as a potential trade target, which really they probably in the offseason be probably best served to try to shop him and get something for him. He's 30 next year. Um, a real expensive, still a good player, but he'll likely decline as the years go. Might as well get something for him now. Probably won't compete with him for a few years. Probably same with Trevor Story, too. It'd probably be smart to start a Can't rebuild. Can't argue. Just um, for a second place finish somehow. Not going to happen, but I'm hoping. I was going to say, with the Padres making all it's these open. deals. Never know. Uh, a couple injuries here and there. I could see the Padres pushing the Dodgers. Yeah. I think the Dodgers are the best team in the sport. But I, the Padres will be scary come postseason mm-hmm. time. Speaking of the Dodgers, they set the National League home run record for a month. They hit 57 bombs in the month of August. I did not realize that. It's a good team. The Oakland A's, as I said, had to postpone their game yesterday to a positive COVID test. Um, Tampa Bay Rays and Los Angeles Dodgers are rolling. Rays have won five straight, 18 of their last 21. It's my dad's World Series pick. And are three and a half up on the Yankees. Yep. Four and a half Yankees up have nine guys on Toronto. IL right now. Toronto bought as well. They're 18 and 14. Um, I didn't realize they were having that good of a year. And, hey, this is the year you try to go for it without Why really not? mortgaging their future. They would think they'd be in right now yeah they're two games up on detroit uh so hey go for it um chadwick bozeman passed away friday at the age of 43 due to colon cancer he portrayed jackie robinson awesomely uh in 42 he's just he's extremely talented I believe he portrayed floyd little as well did he in that um gotta look up what that movie is called now i haven't seen it this year just stinks doesn't it yep it's awful Moving on to the Cubs, um, as I said, Cubs traded for Jose, or as I said, Cubs made four trades. Uh, they traded the for Express. I don't think uh, have I ever seen that. Yes, he played in two thousand. Yeah, I have not. It was came out in two thousand eight. Is John Krasinski in that? No, he was in the other one. I think I have seen the Express. Got sixty one percent Rotten Tomatoes. Seven point three on IMDb. I've checked that one yeah, out. Yeah, me too. Cubs trade for Jose Martinez. He's a, a D. He'll. He shouldn't even bring a glove with him. He'll be a DH. Um, but Cubs have... Just bring a crate of bats. <laughs> Seriously. That's what guys used to get traded for back in the day. <laughs> Cubs have really struggled against left-handed pitching How, this season. Sorry to interrupt. How worthless would you feel if you got traded for a crate of bats or like a bag of baseballs bag of or something like Cu- they used to? I want to say that there was a trade last year where a guy got traded for <laughs> a dollar bill. Like, seriously, it, it was like last year it happened. He was a... It was a Trading it for it was for cash considerations, and you had to trade something, and it was a dollar bill. That's I all. Got, it was. I gotta look that up now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I said, the Cubs have really struggled against lefties. Uh, they're hitting two oh eight with a three twenty five on base percentage and a three thirty three slugging percentage, um, and they've really, really struggled from the. It was in two thousand seventeen. Oh, it was there 17? was a guy uh, Ernesto Ernesto Frieri. Frieri yes. was traded <laughs> to the uh, from Pirates to the Mariners on August eighth, two thousand seventeen, for one dollar. Yep, for a dollar bill. <laughs> I, I thought it, I was kind of nervous. I dreamed that for a second, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Cubs a struggle from the DH spot, hitting one fifty nine with a two eighty on base and a two seventy one slugging percentage from the designated hitter spot. That's just pathetic. Or from the Rangers to the Mariners, excuse me, not Pirates. I just want to back back. Myself there. But 
Jose Martinez enters and against lefties in his career, he is hitting 319 with a 392 on base percentage and a 554 slugging percentage. He will help immensely. Just don't bring your glove with you, please. Cubs also acquired lefty relievers Josh Osich, great first name, and eh, debatable. Andrew Chafin, as well as outfielder Cameron Maben. Uh, Cubs have had major bu- him. major bullpen issues, especially with getting left-handed hitters out. Uh, lefties have an 848 OPS against their left-handed relievers this year. Uh, both relievers are having really bad years, but uh, and Chafin's on the DL or injured list IL. It's taken me two years already to. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah, I thought you were gonna have to uh, look for a new uh, radio console to put in your car. I about night, broke it the other night. You pretty much punched your radio button to turn off after the wild ball By went past Kimbrel. Uh, yep. I wasn't happy. No. <laughs> they expect Chafin to be back in a few weeks, which a few weeks will put him right at the end of the season. Uh, but they got him for essentially nothing, both players. Um, and Chafin's allowing a lefties to OPS just 6-1-6 against him, where Osich is just 6-6-5. Um, they just need help getting left-handed hitters out because there's a lot of good lefty hitters in the NL Central. I mean, you look at the Reds. You have Votto and Moustakis and Jesse Winker. Um Cardinal, Cardinals, Matt Carpenter, Brewers, Christian Yelich, guys like that, and they just have really struggled getting those guys out. Now with the three batter minimum, makes it a little more scary because they're going to have to stay in to face right-handed hitters, and righties have just mashed both those guys. But hopefully they strike gold and they'll get a good month out of both of them. That's all they really need. Uh, Cameron Mabin will, I wrote this earlier, will hopefully signal the end of the Albert Almora era. Albert Almora was actually just sent down to the South Bend site so he is no longer on the active roster. Uh, Maven's a solid veteran bench piece. He's been around for a long time, since 2007. I mean, he was a Yankee last year. Yep, that's why I've heard um, of him. <laughs> he had a pretty good year with him, yeah, too. he did. Wow. Um, Didn't realize that was the same guy. And he's, wow, a solid, he's a solid upgrade over Almora and probably even a Steven Souza, who should be back on Tuesday, as should Chris Bryant. It sounds like we'll be back oh, by finally. at least tomorrow or Wednesday. He's getting... Some live at bats tonight in South Bend um, that he'd help them out immensely too because I thought the offense played pretty well over the weekend, but at the beginning of the week they lost two of three in Detroit. It's pretty pathetic because that team's just not very bad or just not it's not very bad, just not very good. Then they split in Cincinnati. As I said, bullpen has been bad. They had two major blowups uh, that cost them the game. It was really the first time all year that the bullpen has actually cost them a game. So they were kind of due. Ryan Tapera, who'd been probably their most consistent reliever, had a blow up in Detroit on Wednesday. He only recorded one out while allowing five hits um, and three earned runs. He even gave up two inherited runners to score. Then he walked the bases loaded yesterday but got out of it. Need more out of him because they have just so few good bullpen arms. They can't afford to have one of them be bad. Then old Craigers. Kimbrell on Saturday night threw three wild pitches and walked the entire Reds roster, it felt like. Entered that uh, inning up one, and Craig walked the first guy, terrible hitter, Kirk Casale. Just go right after him. If he hits a homer and ties the game, I can live with that. I just can't live with the four walks and the wild pitches. Too much money. Need to get him right. Um, it's I. He might just be past getting right. It might be just a sunk cost at this time or at this point. But you, so. Like you said the other night, after it happened, that should be the last straw. Of 
pitching in meaningful yeah. moments. Uh, the, he looked good for about a week or two, but you can't pitch him in one-run games. He's just not trustworthy. And the only reason why they had to is because it was the second game of a doubleheader. Had already pitched their normal closer, Jeremy Jeffress, in the first one. Rowan Wick and Ryan Tapera had pitched already in that game. Uh, so it was kind of just a last-ditch effort, and it didn't go well. But the offense is starting to show some signs of life. Uh, they hadn't really slugged in a few weeks, uh, but the Reds couldn't keep them in the ballpark, and it was nice to see. Yeah, I think you, I, and I quote, hopefully they can put up an eight spot with my kid, and they won't score eight runs in the next seven games. <laughs> they had 14 home yeah, runs yeah, yeah. in four games um, and accounted for 1.05 miles of distance. Not wow. every single one of them was crushed. Became feet. the first team in the history of baseball to have three starting outfielders hit two home runs in the same game. They did it on Sunday. All three starting outfielders hit two homers, wow. hit multiple homers. Hayward hit three in the series. Rizzo hit three. Happ hit three. Schwarber hit four. And Bodie hit one. Um, that's 14 homers across five players. <laughs> that's a lot. Um they need to continue it, and they need to get Javi Baez going. He looked g- really good in Detroit, and then completely forgot about him. The four games in Cincinnati, he started zero for seven with six strikeouts. Didn't do anything yesterday. Struck out quite a few times. They need to move him down in the order against right-handed pitching. Same with Wilson Contreras. He's really struggling. Need to get both of those guys right. If they can get them right, this team will be tough to stop from scoring. Uh, starting rotation is still kind of a question mark outside the top two guys. Kyle Hendricks is struggling right now as well. But you Darvish continues to be fantastic and was once again has cemented himself as the favorite for the NL Cy Young Award. He is um, has a 2.1 baseball reference war, which is tops in the National League. And he's 6-1 with a 1.47 ERA this season. Uh, he just continues to pitch awesome he honestly on saturday he said it was the worst he'd felt in a while and statistically it was his third worst start of the season but he threw six shutout innings and struck out eight uh so you'll take that effort every single game it's also so baseball for them to win two games against trevor bauer uh who he did face a far better pitcher and just far better overall human being and you darvish than he is uh, and they beat uh, Luis Castillo. But then they lost the games when they faced Tyler Malley and TJ Anton. Um, that's just so baseball for that to happen. That's Cub. That's Cub. That's baseball. Whatever. <laughs> and there was a little bit of a dust-up because those idiot Reds yeah. threw over uh, Anthony Rizzo's head after he'd hit three home runs in the season or in the series against them. And then Cubs were chirping, Reds were chirping. Players can just hear each other yelling just because there's no fans there. And so we saw a... Benches clearing situation. Vado and Winker got kicked out, as did David Bell. David Bell got and David Ross got kicked out, and um, Mike Borzello, Cubs bench coach, got kicked out. Uh, Jesse Winker was suspended one game today. David Bell was suspended one game. Uh, Joey Vado was suspended or not suspended. Not he, he was fined an undisclosed amount. And Cubs uh, bench coach Mike Borzello was suspended one game. David Ross did not face suspension uh, this week. Cubs have three in Pittsburgh, have Johnny Lester on the bump tomorrow, then Kyle Hendricks, and then that has yet to be decided for Thursday. It'll either be you, Darvish, or Poo. Alec Mills. Uh, I'd prefer Mills and then have Darvish start. Huge five-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals on Friday. So uh, that's my baseball report. I'm winded. 
That was quite a bit of talking. I did a lot of listening and head nodding, like these bobbleheads up here. So, learned a lot. I didn't know a lot of that information, especially the trades. So. Yes, sir. Feel smarter now. You're welcome. My baseball I'm knowledge an, is like at a D plus now. I'm I'm an educator. Yeah. NBA playoffs going on. They are going on. I can't say I've watched too much of it, but I've watched very little now and then. Um, of course, let's go over some of the results here. I did mention in the birdie bogey question how the Denver Nuggets have forced the game seven on the Jazz. Which I think I think the Nuggets are going to end up getting that series. They were down three to one. Yes, they, they were. Um, the Boston Celtics went up 1-0 over the defending champion Toronto Raptors yesterday by score 112-94. And the L.A. Clippers knocked out the Dallas Mavericks by score 111-97. Uh, the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks are tied at 12 at the moment. That series is 0-0. Bucks are up 14-12. to I've, I've seen a lot of experts say uh, watch for Miami to win this series. Really? I think it's going to be a five-gamer, but a competitive five-gamer, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I think Milwaukee squeezes out a lot of tight wins there. I think Milwaukee's probably the better team. It's, it's, it's kind of a toss-up. Bucks have the better record, and they have the better player. Uh, but this Heat team's tough. They're pretty deep, too. They are. You got the Rockets and the Thunder tonight at 9 o'clock. The Thunder are five-and-a-half point – or the Rockets are five-and-a-half point favorites. Rockets lead the series 3-2. to two. Are they going to close them off, or Thunder going to uh, force a game seven? Nah, Rockets close them out. Uh, Russ Westbrook made his playoff debut, uh, I think, last game. So who do you have uh, tomorrow night's game two, Celtics-Raptors? Who do you have in that series? Give me Boston. Yep, I think so too. Just, I think pretty easily. I don't know why I believe that. They're rolling I just right think now. This might be Boston's year talk to get back a, to the finals. Talk about a deep team. Mm-hmm. Who do you have, Jazz or Nuggets, tomorrow night? Give me the Jazz. Yes. As I've said, I don't like any Denver team. I don't even like the Nuggets, so I don't know why. I have to hear about them all the time still. <laughs> Somehow. You still talk about Twitter. them all the time. I do like some of their players. Gary I don't Harris. mind Jokic. Gary's, Gary Harris has really helped them since he returned. So I'm still mad at Jamal Murray for p- picking Kentucky over Illinois. And you and you like the um, Bucks over the Heat? The Heat are kind of turned into my favorite team. In the I don't NBA. know who plays. But I don't I'll know take, who I'll the Lakers and Clippers are going to play. I don't know which one plays the winner of which series. I don't remember the seating. Um, I yeah, don't I don't remember. But uh, the Lakers or the Clippers would play either Denver or Utah. Okay, and then the Lakers will play, play Houston, probably Oklahoma Houston, City. but maybe Oklahoma City. Okay, who do you like in those series? Give me the Lakers. Yep. Give me Clippers. I think All the one LA. two. Yep. Absolutely. That'd be interesting. That'd be. Pretty star-studded. It's, it's less interesting finals. that they're in the bubble, though. Yeah. Than it is. Oh, yeah. You know, they would they would play in the same court. Yeah, they wouldn't have to LA. leave their yeah, home. Just uh, change the decals. Wouldn't have to leave their home. Which I'm still kind of surprised the Clippers haven't got a new arena, especially now they got some marquee players and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They should just move to the Forum. Yeah. The place is a just <laughs> piece of junk. Yeah, it is. But I've been by yeah. it. It's in the middle. It's right. It's right. Literally I mean, right. They're across not going to build a new stadium in LA. Cause, I mean, a brand new football stadium just got built there. So the forum's right across the street from the brand new Is football it? stadium too. So yeah, I think it's crap that they use taxpayer dollars a lot to build stadiums. I think the owners should have to build the stadiums. That's that's it me that's been a big uh, complaint for years and mm-hmm. years and that's fortunately wh- I don't think it's gonna change. That's what happened with the Texas Rangers new stadium. Looks like a warehouse. It looks terrible too. 
the taxpayer should have some input on how it looks. Yeah. Uh, also on the NBA, the Indiana Pacers are looking for a new coach. Nathan yeah, Millen. Nathan. After, after getting a, extension. Uh, kind of a one-year extension yeah. a few weeks ago. Earlier this earlier this month, actually, I think it was on the 13th. He gone 3-16 record in the playoffs. Pacers have been swept in 2017, 2019, and this year 2020. Haven't won a playoff series since 2014. So it was time for a change, in my opinion. But what are they going to do to change things? I just think they are setting their ways as a sports culture. Fine with being average and making the playoffs. Nate, making money. Nate was really good in the regular season. He won it just, 183 and 136, but as you said, 3-16 and 16 He in the even, before the season started, pretty much said, if we can't advance in the playoffs, I need to go. That's pretty much what really? he said without saying it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I've i heard one name, uh, Mike D'Antoni, who's the coach, current coach of the Rockets. If the Rockets don't re-sign him, then he could be a uh, candidate, which would be interesting. He'd be a different kind of style than the Pacers really he, had in quite a while. Mike D'antoni, uh hasn't really had success without Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire without and Steve Sean Nash. Marion and all those guys. Yes, all those guys and James Harden. Because with the... Knicks. Oh my God, nobody wins that with the Knicks. He was 121 and 167. With the Lakers, he was 67 and 87. Yeah, he was with the Lakers. But with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, 253 and 136. Yeah. And with uh, old Harden, 217 and 101. So he hasn't had any success without a couple Hall of Fame players there. I know a uh, good friend of the show and uh, diehard Pacer fan, Aaron Lynch, he wants a few different people. He wants that. Uh, Becky Fe- Becky Hammond Becky Hammond the female Hammond. female assistant uh, for the Spurs Becky Hammond Hammond did we say Hammonds um, Let's see who else he she's forty three years old really well respected within the game of basketball too Let's see and I think we will see her be a head coach eventually within the next couple of years I would say He said if uh, he said Mark Jackson would be a Favorite of his, or David Fisdale, the former he's, Cavs he's, guy. He thinks Fisdale got the raw end of deals in Memphis and New York. Oh, he, he's not okay. I he was thinks not Hammond thinking. would run a system similar to Pop. Okay, not the former Cavs guy. Said he hopes the Pacers don't end up with David Yoger. I don't even know who that is. Y o e g e r. I might have said that wrong. He's not concerned about uh, Tyron Lou as other teams will want him. He thinks. Really. Mm-hmm. Mom Lynch. So, I don't know. He knows NBA a lot better than I do. Follows the Pacers a lot more. Um, die, a lot more uh, from a diehard perspective than I do, of course. Watch him go into like, watch him go after like Jawan Howard. I'd be all for it. Get him out of the Big Ten. Yeah. Get him away from the recruiting. Stop, stop recruiting Michigan. Yep. yep. Go after Tom Izzo. Get him away. Ew. I felt slimy saying that, but get him away <laughs> from Michigan State. Nah, that, nah, just, Maybe Archie Miller will get a call. I'm sure he'll get a call. Oh, Archie. <laughs> uh, but th- he would run a fun NBA style, wouldn't he? Mm, yeah. That's going to be fun to hear the comment that Cameron Screeton has for this one. But, uh, yeah, NBA is going heavy. We're almost to the conference semifinals. So, NHL's almost got the conference finals ready. I thought you weren't talking about the NHL. Yeah, tonight. I just mentioned that's all I'm going to mention. I'm done talking about it. So I'll bring it up a little bit. All right, you, you, you give analysis. <laughs> <laughs> haven't watched any in the bubble uh, i do like watching hockey uh we have the uh, boston bruins tonight facing the tampa bay lightning that series is 
Uh, Tampa Bay leads 3-1, to one, so they can close yep. her out tonight. Tampa's a good team. And we have the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. Dallas can close that one out tonight. Um, they're up 3-1 to one I will in say that series. Dallas has just been a lot more physical than Colorado in the series. I mean, Dallas had a one-game losing record going into the playoffs and just has found their footing. Colorado, of course, lost their goalie for the playoffs in game one. But Dallas uh, is 37-32. and 32. Yeah, they going into the playoff. I don't. Maybe that adds on to the playoffs. I don't know that and record. What sport? Does I don't know. The I saw the record the other day it was one game under five hundred. So I don't know. But uh, Colorado's got to stop getting themselves in big holes. Like yesterday, they got down five to two midway through the second. They clawed back, but still lost five to four. I mean, they got to come out prepared and not get down early. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But uh, the Golden Knights look to. Um, Cap it off against the Canucks. So if that happens, then Canada's going to continue its dry spell of not having a Stanley Cup winner since 93 since the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens. So, which I think they beat the LA Kings that year, if I remember correctly. You saw incorrectly because the Stars oh, were 37. Well, and good for them. You're but welcome for that fact check. The, Don't you love that? Yep, being just fact love, I liked it a lot better when you didn't have a computer in front of you. No, you don't. Yes, I did. I did, but <laughs> now you are a lot more prepared than you used to be. So they don't call me the J Man for nothing. Uh, you gave yourself your own nickname years ago on Madden. Yeah, nah, I had yeah. it since high school. No. <laughs> what else we got, J Man? I don't know. We got twenty three minutes to fill, though. So hopefully, we come up with something. Well, the big- going going back to the Cubs real quick. I just want to list some of their statistical offensive leaders through 34 games and see if you would have guessed this at the beginning of the year. Who do you think's leading them in OPS on base plus slugging? How about David Bodie? Ian Happ. Mm. Jason Hayward is second. How about RBIs? Rizzo. Ian Happ with 20. Bodie has 19. How about on base percentage? Uh, Ian Happ. Ian Happ, 417. Hayward, 402. What about batting average? Go Ian Happ. Ian Happ, <laughs> two ninety four. Hayward Jeez, second. He's MVP of the team at two eighty six. Him and Hayward. Hayward's been better. He's been as good as Mike Trout. You said something positive about Hayward. Um, he's just mashed right handed pitching. Uh, he needed to. Uh, the pathetic thing is the guy with the third best batting average on the teams, Victor Caratini at two forty three. Who, who's even leading in NL and AL in home runs right now? Josh will go. I have no idea. Them up. No Judge was at one time, but he's been hurt for like ever. You know, he, he and um, Giancarlo have only played 39% of their games together since they both became teammates. Uh, this is oh, – Fernando Tatis Jr. is leading uh, the National League with 13. Nelson Cruz leading the American League with 13. That old man could still hit. Um, Teosca Hernandez has 12. Jose Abreu has 12. Mike Trout has 12. And Luke Voigt has 12. Yeah. Aloy Jimenez has 11. Manny Machado has 11. And Mookie Betts has 11. Manny Machado was just named um, NL Player of the Week. And rounding out the top ten, we have a bunch of guys tied with ten. Matt Olson, Brandon Lau, Matt Chapman, Nick Castellanos, Anthony Santander. Ever heard of him? He's a Baltimore Royal. Cody Bellinger and Jesse Winker. Interesting. Can you name me who is leading the major leagues in batting average? DJ LeMayu. Well, I, he's 
I don't know if he qualifies. He's hitting 398. These are weird numbers. Uh, but the guy with enough at-bats to qualify is Jake Cronenworth. Oh, no. San Diego Padres hit 361. Couldn't even told you what team he was on. Chuck Blackman must be in a slump because he's down to 354. Yeah, but I haven't seen his name too much on Twitter lately. So It's a weird season, man. We knew it was going to be. Uh-huh. I'm enjoying it, though, for the most part. Twitter says otherwise. We'll see. I have not even been bad on Twitter. Gosh, people think I'm terrible on Twitter. I've been, like, really good on Twitter. Barely tweeted this You're year. You're just more negative than you are it's on Twitter. It's my Twitter account. I can be however I want. Sure can. I'm not saying you can't. You're telling me how to control my Twitter. I did. No, but. Okay. We had a couple deaths in the college basketball world over the uh, past few days. Lou Olson passed away. Yep. Uh, former Arizona um, Wildcat head coach, best known for not calling timeouts when Illinois was coming back. Is that what he's best known for? His championship that's what he's, in 97? That's what he's best known for with me. Uh, and then old John Thompson passed away this morning. Yep. So rest in peace, fellas. You want to talk a uh, little uh, Big Ten, the update on the Big Ten football? <laughs> Seems like it's changing every week. Every week. So we might get Big Ten football at the end of October. Who knows? But which I'm all for that or November, whenever. But here's my question: If they can do it, then why can't they do it late September? I still think there's enough time they could just say, "Okay, we're doing it September 26th or whenever that yeah. is." I mean, they have four weeks still to practice. Guys are still practicing. Yeah, about 12 hours a week. Yeah, essentially. I don't even know if they can have contact. What they should have done is just halt. We're gonna we're not gonna put a game schedule out or or the game schedule postpone it for a couple weeks and let them continue to practice like they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in case you decide to start it up because I think they thought all the other conferences are gonna follow. Well the Pac twelve did of course, but the ACC, Big Twelve and SEC are standing pat and we are getting close to the start. I thought for sure we weren't gonna Yeah you were just like two weeks ago, but now I think it's gonna happen. And the AAC, I mean there's a couple other smaller conferences. I mean they are standing pat and yeah. they're ready to go and I mean most schools have been in session now for a week or two and I don't know. I haven't even heard anything about the Pac twelve possibly playing at all. Nope. Haven't heard a word. That could be we're just so close to Yeah. Um potential for Pac twelve football to start in November is messy. Yeah. That's all it really says. I know they were thinking about maybe a potential spring season along with the Pac- Big Ten. Pac-12 plans for six-game winter football season. Um, it doesn't say. Uh, season would start February 6th and run through March 13th with no bye weeks. So, Right now, the season kind of being proposed to start around Thanksgiving would be an all-indoor, of course, season with like Indianapolis, Detroit, Minneapolis, I believe St. Louis, you say Andy? Yeah, in Indianapolis. Um, I want to say I'm missing one. Maybe Syracuse because of Rutgers. I think there. you did say Syracuse the other night. So it'd be interesting, but it didn't sound like there would be a team designated to each place. Like Indy wouldn't be the home for Purdue, Purdue. Ohio State, Indiana. You just really wouldn't have a home. It's wherever you're scheduled yeah. to play. It'd be interesting, that's for sure. I don't know. Be interesting to see if they do a bubble type thing, but then how would that? I guess it wouldn't really affect the NFL because they wouldn't be playing really no. on Saturdays. Though that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, it doesn't look like nope. it's going to happen. Nope, because there's going to be some college football college. that tries plays. Yep. So, yep, it's uh, it's interesting. It's I hate it. 
Ian, that would be a good time for them to try to get going, especially in, in basketball too, because a lot of these universities come Thanksgiving, their students are going to be home doing right. virtual through a good part of January. Yeah. And so you won't have any, you won't have 30,000, 30,000 plus students yeah. on campus. And it sounds like they'd take a break for like the two weeks at Christmas yep. anyway and then start back up yep. in January. We'll see. We'll keep you updated. It's, it, it's a kind of tiresome topic because it's changing so much. I'm sick but of talking about it. I just want something set in stone. Yep. I'm yep. waiting for the NCAA to come out and say what their plan is for college basketball. It's supposed to be in on the 16th, weeks. I believe, yeah, of two September. Weeks, two and a half weeks. So My guess is they push back the start date a little bit. That would be my guess. So Yeah, but... But I just, I just want to know something. The yeah. waiting game is driving me insane. Yeah. So. And the NCAA has attempted to trademark, what was it, uh, the bubble? Ba- battle in the bubble? Battle in the bubble. Or something like that. So the, that's, For the NCAA tournament, yeah, you know, that's not why. Not the biggest fan of that name, but I, it could be worse, I guess. Why do they have to have names? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Why not just call it the NCAA tournament? And it's in a bubble in and a you bubble. don't have to title it anything. There's, they're still calling the... NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs, yeah, aren't NHL they? playoffs or the NHL playoffs. They don't even they don't rename it. No point. That's the NCAA. Yep. I hate them. Yep. Golf's still going on. Yep. One more tournament for the 2019-2020 uh, season. The FedEx Cup is going to be determined this weekend in the Tour Championship. It's the only 30 guys, the 30 top points leaders in the FedEx Cup point standings are eligible to play. I'm going to go down all 30 real quick of the power rankings via PJTour.com. Number 30, you got Mark Leishman coming off that last place finish. <laughs> 29, Kevin Na. 28, Cameron Champ. Nah. 27, Cameron Smith. 26, Lanto Griffin. 25, Victor Hovland. 24, Abraham Answer. 23, Mackenzie Hughes. 22, Patrick Reed. 21, Sun J.M. 20, Terrell Hatton. 19, former FedEx Cup champion Billy Horschel. 18, Ryan Palmer. 17, Sebastian Munez, Munoz. Jeez. Number 16, Scotty Scheffler. He's been playing well. Number 15, Kevin Kistner. Number 14, soon-to-be dad, Roy McIlroy. You know, Roy was leading for a good point on Friday, the he week was. Josh doesn't pick him. This is going to happen. Of course, yeah. he's a former FedEx champion, but his wife's expecting a baby. Any, they're expecting a baby any day now. And he Too said, risky. He said right when he gets alerted, he's he's gone. Doesn't care where he's sitting, which is pretty cool. Number 13, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, number 12, Harris English. I knew that was coming. Number 11, Tony Finau. Number 10, Brandon Todd. Number 9, Colin Morikawa. Number eight, Xander Schauffele. Number seven, Bryson DeChambeau. I feel like that's the lowest Bryson's been, or the highest Bryson's been on the rankings for a while. Seven, he's using top five. He's usually top, yeah, even like three. Number six, Hideki Matsuyama. Number five, Daniel Berger. Number four, yesterday's runner-up in the BMW champion championship, Dustin Johnson. Dustin hit a 45-footer uh, double breaker, <laughs> at least a double breaker, maybe like a triple breaker, to take it into a playoff against John Rahm. So he had number one in the world, <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Number two in the world, John Rahm. I think it's been at least 20 years since he had a number one, number two world rankings in the playoff. And then John Rahm wins the tournament with a 66-foot birdie pot. He's an emotional guy. He showed a lot of emotion there. That was one of those instances I wish crowds were present for because they would have went nuts on both those putts. There's been a couple of those during this shortened pandemic golf season, but most part, it's been all good. Number three is Webb Simpson. Number two, Justin Thomas. And number one is John Rahm. Who are you picking, J-Man? 
This will be the J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week. The guy ranked ninth on that power ranking. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa. Man, that's a pretty, pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick there, Josh, blindly. Pretty, pretty good pick, PGA champion. Oh, who do I want to pick? I'll, I'll go look it up real quick because I t- took Xander Schauffele. Last week he did. Yes. Uh, who do I want to pick? Xander finished tied for 25th at 6th over. We'll go with Hideki Matsuyama. It's a good pick as well. Three top tens in his last four editions of the Tour Championships. So. Your pick finished worse than mine. All right. Jason Day, he finished 64th plus 14. Yeah, he didn't make it to the Tour Championship. So. Mm. But the golf season is not over after this event. There's still other events, including the U.S. Open here in a couple weeks in September. And then you got the Masters in November, which is going to be so weird, but different. So. I about just said I hope it snows, but it's probably not going to snow in Augusta in November. Uh, it, actually, the pictures I've seen of Augusta in November are pretty beautiful with the oh, leaves the all leaves changing, changing and everything. I might just switch it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it because if, if everything uh, goes according to plan, they'll have two Masters in a pretty short time period, uh, one in November, one in April. Let's just do them back-to-back weekends. Sure, why not? <laughs> the J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. For life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance, contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Well, uh, we didn't prepare for this at all. Or we could save this for a future show if you'd like to prepare for it. But loyal viewer slash listener of the show, Sean Shriver, sent me a good idea yesterday. He said, here's an idea for a future show. Top five upsets in MLB, top five upsets in NFL, et cetera. Yikes. Maybe, maybe we take away. We save that for another show. Uh, say, say, when, <laughs> when we can yeah, when prepare. we can think it out a little more. Yeah. That's a real good one. Yeah, though. it is. I, I don't think we've ever done that. that list before. Uh-uh. Man, baseball would be a tough one. Cause NFL, I gotta think. I would think just like playoffs only. Like I gotta think Super Bowl uh, forty two, Giants over Patriots. The undefeated Patriots team was an upset. We'll be up there. Um, one from this past year, I think the Tennessee Titans over both New England and Baltimore. Yeah, would be up there in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little homerish of me, but uh, Super Bowl thirty two, the Packers were like fourteen point favorites over that Bronco team. Really, that's a big upset. Yeah. Nobody was giving John a chance in his fourth go at it. That's huge. Um, Patriots over the Rams. That was a big one at the time. Greatest show on turf. Back in Super Bowl, I think that was uh, 36. I I bet you the Eagles over New England was a big one too. Yeah. Um, with just Nick Foles starting. I'll tell you what almost was. The Cardinals over the Steelers. That would have been a big Super one. Super Bowl 43. That was a great Super Bowl. That was too. a fun one. After Fitzgerald's score, I thought it was over. I wonder if I can find the line on that game. I wonder if Football Reference will have it. But the, and there might have been some back before we were watching Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking over here at the Super Bowl decoration I have down here in the studio, and I don't think they have lines find on this game. Can't find the line. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that'll be a good list to what review in the future show. What else we got? We got about nine minutes. I don't know, man. Don't know. <laughs> I just Googled betting lines for each Super Bowl. Oh, here we go. Point spreads and against the spread results uh, for every Super Bowl game. 
Let's see. The Chiefs were one-point favorites last year. Um, Steelers were seven-point favorites. That's a pretty big one. Patriots were 12 against the Giants. Um, Packers were 11 against the okay, Broncos. Okay, now 14. Four, 14 against the Patriots the year before. What were the Broncos over the Falcons the next year? That had to be high. Seven and a half. Okay. That, Falcon, that should have been Broncos-Vikings. That Falcon team was garbage. Gary, Gary Anderson <laughs> yeah. missed his first field goal all year. Bill, in 91, Bills were seven-point favorites over the Giants and lost. Bears were ten-point favorites over the New England. I'm surprised it wasn't more than that. That New England team won. Um, Dolphins were three-point favorites over the Redskins in 83, and they lost. I'm guessing more favorites have won than underdogs over the years. Dolphins were only one-point favorites in their undefeated season. Wow. One point. They were six and a half the next year against uh, Minnesota. Who did they play that year? Minnesota. Hmm. They lost the year before. They were <clears throat> six-point underdogs to do, uh, Dallas. Um, Colts were 18-point favorites over the Jets when Namath. We did it. Yeah, that one. Um, Packers were – I'm surprised they had betting lines back in 67 because Packers were 14-point favorites in Super Bowl one, and they were 13-and-a-half the next year against the Raiders. It's a good one. I'm trying to see other upsets. Broncos were two and a half over the Seahawks. Yeah, that worked out well. Panthers were five over them, though. Yeah. Um, Seahawks Patriots were a pick 'em. That was that's yeah. that's the only pick 'em on here. What was the Tampa Bay Oakland? Raiders were four. They got destroyed. Slacked. Yeah, Rams were 14 point favorites yeah. over New England. Rams were seven over the Titans. What was Colts Bears? Colts were uh, seven. Mm. Colts were five in 2010. Packers were three and eleven. That was one of my least favorite Super Bowls. I, I didn't like that, that one. one. I don't like watching games in that stadium. Yeah, I don't Not, like to watch that division. No, Niners were four and a half over Baltimore in 2013. Patriots were two and a half in the second one against the um, Giants. Patriots were only four over the Eagles. We'll have a bunch of Super Bowl or Super Not Super Bowl. Bunch of NFL talk next week. Episode 199 is gonna be our our how many. Uh, Our fourth annual uh, NFL preview show. So we're gonna have to fill out that. Uh, yep. Side again. Our, our prediction site that we do every year. So you, you can just like email it to me. Yeah. We can talk about this off the air. I don't know why I'm making plans on. I don't <laughs> on television. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so always look forward to that one. That's gonna be a fun one because we're not gonna have really a college football preview. This would have been this, this would have been it. Yep. That's depressing. I'm blaming Kevin Warren for. Uh, I was kind of dragging this show on. Yes, pre-COVID should have been uh, Purdue at Nebraska this weekend, and even after the reschedule, should have been Purdue at Michigan this weekend. Yeah. I forget who Illinois was supposed to play either. either I couldn't care less, Tanner. That's what you say to all of us. Who my Canes got? We know deep down. You got UAB next week. Ah, the – what's their mascot? They're the Dragons. I think that's their – yeah. UAB Dragons or something like that. You ready for the birdie bogey again? Sure. All right. NBA-related, as we are in the NBA playoffs. Blazers. UAB Blazers. Oh. oh. I was going to say the Blazers are not an option to your <laughs> trivia question. But Jamal Murray has scored 142 points over his last three games. Only two players in NBA history have scored more points over a three-game span in the playoffs. Who are they? Well, I have to go Michael Jordan. That's correct. 1988. Is this guy still playing? No. Crap, I was going to say Lillard. Um, give me a welt. Good guess. The logo. 
Jerry West. Wasn't a guess logo. What was the other question? Um, Jamal Murray scored has scored 40-plus points in three consecutive playoff games. Who was the last player to do that? It seems like it should be Jordan, but I don't think it is. Is, is that your answer or not? I'm going to say Jordan. Just No. It's a, it's a boring answer. Nope. 40-plus uh, in three – Damian Lillard. Nope. Um, James Harden. Nope. Is he still playing? Nope. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Nope. Shaquille O'Neal. Nope. Uh, Dominique Wilkins. Nope. Larry Bird. Nope. Wilt. Nope. Uh, I don't know. Allen Iverson. 2001. Wasn't even on my radar. Probably should have been. Pretty good score. MVP that Not year. bad. Not yeah. bad. I kind of forget about him. Even though he was like a great player, I just completely He today thanked him. Uh, For saving his life. Yeah. Yes. John yep. Thompson. Yep. Thank you. I couldn't. I was blanking on his name. You're welcome. But... Uh, yeah, we we were kind of running out of content. We are. Today. I didn't think we yeah. would today. Thought we had plenty to talk uh, about. Go through That's some uh, NBA scores. There's only one game going on. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are up eight in the second quarter against the Miami yep. Heat. Um, high score. Brooke Lopez is the high score uh, for the Bucks. High score for the game is Goran Dragic. Fourteen points so far. He's been solid everywhere he goes yeah. in his career. So. Well, that's going to do it for episode 198 of the Tan and J-Man Show. We're slowly getting close to episode 200. We got some fun things planned. But if you have any ideas for us, how we can make that show a little different than our usual our usual stick, please let us know. Just get a hold of Josh and I, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, but next week, episode 199, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to be our fourth annual NFL preview show to make sure to tune in on the IC Sports Network Live at 6.30 Eastern Time next Monday. If you can't catch us live, you can always watch it on the IC Sports Network Facebook page at a later time or the their Twitter account, or you can listen on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few of them. Audio Boom, any of those. So click that subscribe button if you haven't already. We don't, we, we don't, we don't. Also, sorry, for cutting you off. <laughs> like to thank our sponsors. Yes. Noble Nome LLC, Indiana Farm Bureau, Insurance Agent Travis Watching, The Dam Landing, and Performer Prince House. Give us a review on iTunes, a rating and review. More importantly, a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes anymore. Man, I'm, I'm really watching this. Uh, we really appreciate the, uh, the ratings, and if we get up to 50 ratings, we'll do some sort of giveaway. we got a ways to go. But uh, we are asking you to give us a rating. I will give you this shirt off my back. Yeah, you don't want that. So with that said, have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay sane. We'll see you for our first episode in September next week, which will be on Labor Day. Once again, for our fourth annual NFL episode, NFL preview episode. Have a good one.